Hello and welcome to another episode of Cast It Into The Fire podcast. I'm Sarah and on, I'm on with Bill. Oh. As I sit down to a dinner of sliced apples, a, sal- a salty, sharp, crumbly cheddar cheese, and torn up bread. I mean, a bagel. Oh wait, this isn't Redwall. It's, no, it's still kind of applicable. It's Game of Thrones. That's because it's a Joffrey chapter. It's a Joffrey-heavy chapter, and you get to learn about how uh, dumb... Well, that might be an unkind way of saying it, but how uh, well, unprepared Joffrey is to actually rule. So this is the Sansa point of view chapter. Um, is this our first? Mm-hmm. And... This is territory we've semi-covered before in one of our earlier episodes. It's but, Joffrey being Joffrey. Um, the illustration at the front of this one is Robert Baratheon battling uh, Rhaegar Targaryen, and they're in full armor, and um, they look pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, it's like an actual like epic battle, and the, the battle is implied to be very epic. It's meant to be like... You know that. Let's let's take a look at that. Hold on. Yeah, um, it's got. Uh, yeah, so it's got. Uh, they're in the river. They're in their full armor and their uh, their armor and their symbols and their specialized, customized helmets. Rhaegar has a three-headed dragon on his, and Robert has. I'm going to say very impractical. Full size stag antlers on his. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, and they're, they're, Rhaegar they're... is splintering Robert's shield. Um, you know that that the battle ends. Uh... It's a great, great uh, example of both uh, both warriors in their prime. So it begins. Eddard has left before dawn, and uh, Septim Ordain is telling Sansa about this, and that the king had sent for him for, apparently, another hunt for wild aurochs that are still in these lands, and uh, Sansa says she's never seen an aurochs. Uh, as... We we mentioned these when we were covering the book of the re- the recipes. And aurochs was an enormous, very wild, not friendly, um, wild cattle that are ancestors of modern cattle, but much more dangerous. And. They went extinct, you know, within uh, written history times. The Romans hunted them, and I believe they were also hunted in what's now uh, modern-day Germany. And back to the chapter, Sansa is feeding a piece of bacon to Lady the Direwolf under the table. And Septa Mordain disapproves of this and tells her that a noble lady does not feed dogs at her table. And 
Santa Sansa says she's not a dog, she's a dire wolf. Which, you know, she's got a point. Kind of making a statement that this is a bit, uh, bit more than a dog. And Father says that they could keep them with them if, the wolves with them if they wanted. And... Yeah, Septimordain says that, you know, she's a good girl, Sansa is, but when it comes to the wolf, she's as willful as her sister Arya. And where is Arya this morning? And uh, Sansa says that Arya wasn't hungry, but she's thinking that Arya went down to the kitchen hours ago and got breakfast from there and... Um, Septimordain reminds Sansa to dress well because they're invited to um, ride with the Queen and Princess Marcella in the royal wheelhouse and they gotta look their best and Sansa has already gone all out for looking her best and she's you know brushed out her hair and picked out a nice blue dress and she's been looking forward to this for more than a week it's a great honor to ride with the queen and joffrey her betrothed is gonna be there and um she's all fluttery about that even though they're not to marry for years and years and sansa doesn't really know joffrey yet but already in love with him and well she's 11 and you know how um Team crushes are. Joffrey was everything that she'd ever dreamt her prince would be, and he was tall and handsome and strong and had hair like gold, and she loved being with him the few chances that she had. And she had a fear that her sister Arya would ruin everything. And um, she says that she will tell Arya to dress nice too, but she's going to dress the way she always does, and Sansa just hopes it wouldn't be too embarrassing. And asked to be excused. Goes off with her wolf, heads for the inn's common room. And... This inn was a uh, described as a sprawling three-story structure of pale stone, the biggest that Sansa had ever seen. But it still had accommodations for less than a third of the king's party, which is now more than four hundred, if including the men from her father's household and free riders that had joined them on the way. Uh, Sansa finds her sister Arya next to the river, the tr river trident, trying to brush mud from Nymeria the direwolf's fur, and the direwolf isn't really behaving well for it. Which is kind of how it is when I brush my dog's hair, too. Actually, she always tries to grab the brush to play with. But, uh, Nymeria just wasn't liking it 
And yes, Arya was wearing riding leathers that she had worn yesterday and the day before. Sansa tells her she better put on something pretty because of the um, dining with the queen. And Arya's like, I'm not going. I'm going to go with Micah and ride upstream and look for rubies at the ford. And Sansa asks what ruby she's talking about. And, um, Arya explains that these are Rhaegar's rubies that, um, got into the water when King Robert, um, killed Rhaegar in battle and won the crown. And Sansa's like, yeah, you can't go looking for rubies right now. The princess is expecting us. The queen invited us. Arya says she doesn't care. There's no windows in the wheelhouse. She can't see a thing. And Sansa asks what she didn't want to see. It's just fields and farms and holdfasts. Okay, as a nature enthusiast, Sansa's really not appreciating it. It's... Um... Yeah, Arya talks about when they crossed the neck. She counted 36 flowers she'd never seen before, and Micah showed her a lizard lion. Oh, I already talked quite a bit about lizard lions in the fauna of um, Planetos um, episode. But I'll go over it a bit again. It's something in the crocodilian family likely similar to an alligator it's not exactly the same as a crocodile because crocodiles are mentioned separately as a separate thing in another book um in most of the drawings i've seen of it it has a long extendable tongue which no real-life crocodilian has. All crocodilians have a tongue that is fused to the lower jaw. Now, this may be an actual depiction of what the animal should look like, or it may be exaggeration for heraldry, um, because animals in heraldry don't always look accurate. That's just how it is. Or it may be that none of the drawings are canon they are mostly fan made and um I don't know if George R.R. ever had anything to do with how any of them were ever designed but anyway think alligator and Sansa shudders and thinks of the 12 days crossing the neck crooked causeway endless black bog Damp and clammy air, the causeway so narrow they can't have a proper camp. Had to stop right in the King's Road. Dense thickets of half-drowned trees pressed close around them. Branches dripping with curtains of pale fungus. Huge flowers bloomed in the mud and floated on pools of stagnant water. But if you were stupid enough to leave the causeway to pluck them... There were quicksands waiting to suck you down and snakes watching from the trees and lizard lions floating half-submerged in the water like black logs with eyes and teeth. Okay, I'm not Sansa, and that sounds awesome. 
I actually spent a lot of the day at uh, a part of the Jersey Pine Barrens and uh, fishing there and I think this may have been like some old cranberry bog in the past nice uh, swamp water and weeds and pickerel in the water So yeah, lots of awesome swamp life that's not Sansa's thing. But it's totally Arya's thing and she comes back with her hair tangled and mud on her clothes and clutching a raggedy bunch of purple and green flowers for father. And Sansa was hoping Arya would behave herself and act like a highborn lady. Uh, that father would tell, so that father, her, her father would tell her to behave herself and act like a highborn lady. That is, but he didn't tell her to do that. He hugged her and thanked her for the flowers, and it turned out these flowers were called poison kisses. And Arya got a rash on her arms, so I'm thinking something like poison ivy. But I'll also say this is not the only poison ivy type plant to show up in these books. There's a later thing in one of the future books and it's not important to the plot or anything but a poisonous ivy that grows in ruins and I think that is actually the Westeros equivalent of poison ivy and it sounds like these uh, poison kisses flowers do the same thing and um, this did not teach Arya a lesson she laughed about it and rubbed mud all over herself um, because her friend Micah told her it would stop the itching and she's getting bruises and welts and Sansa doesn't know where she's getting those but I have a feeling that she's getting them from practicing uh, sword play already. Oh, and uh, Arya goes on about a haunted watchtower she saw last week and how they chased a herd of wild horses and how fast they run when, how how they run when they saw the scent of, Ni when they smelled the scent of Nymeria the wolf. And uh, she's continuing to brush this wiggling wolf. Which, at this point, I think the young wolf is very like my dog, Nim. Um, actually, the name is close, too. Uh, I spell it with an I. Nymeria spelled with a Y. It's, um, I know a lot of Game of Thrones friends have a dog named after Nymeria and have a dog that goes by Nim spelled with a Y, but my dog is actually Nimbrathil, which is Elvish from Lord of the Rings for White Birch Tree. And Sansa tells Arya that she's not even, she's not supposed to leave the column, and your father said so, and Arya says that she didn't go far, and Nymeria was with her, and sometimes it's fun to just ride along with the wagons and talk to people. 
and Sansa is thinking of the, about the people Arya likes to talk to and squires and grooms and serving girls and children and so on. So uh, maybe not as high class as Sansa would, you know, think proper to... And yes, I admit I'm kind of siding more with Arya on this. Uh, I'm not uh, going out of my way to be biased, but I am a little. And Sansa's continuing to try to convince Arya to go to this party. You can't refuse the queen. There's going to be lemon cakes and tea. And why would you want to ride a smelly old horse and get all sore and sweaty when you could recline on feather pillows and eat cakes with the queen? And Arya says she doesn't like the queen. And Sansa's shocked. And Arya continues on and says she's not allowed to bring the wolf. And she's still trying to brush this wolf while all this is happening. And Sansa says the royal real house is no place for a wolf, and Princess Marcella is afraid of them. And you know, Arya responds that Marcella is a little baby, and at this point, the wolf like gets away from the brushing and runs off. And Arya shouts, "Bad wolf!" at it. As as um, Nymeria is running off, and Sansa is uh, thinking about how the kennel master had told her that an animal takes after its master, and she gives her wolf lady a hug, and lady licks her cheek. So yes, at this point, um, Nymeria is already pretty wild, and. Um, Lady is gentle and, you know, acts well-trained. And, yeah, you can actually see the wolves are starting to match with the nature of their, uh, the Stark that they've bonded with. And yeah, Sansa tells Arya she's acting like a child and it'll be nicer going by herself and that she and Lady will eat all the lemon cakes they want. And Arya shouts after her that they're not going to let her bring Lady either. Well, Sansa is feeling humiliated by this and wonders why Arya can't be more like Princess Marcella. She would have liked a sister like that. Which... Yeah, I can see you know, Sansa wanting to have um, a sister who's more like her, you know, more of a peer to her. Um, yes, there there is her friend uh, Jane Poole, who she has more in common with. And 
and Sansa doesn't understand how she and her sister can be so different and they even look different and it would have been easier if Arya had been a bastard like the half-brother John and she looked like John but John's mother had been common people whispered and one time Sansa had asked her mother if maybe there had been a mistake and maybe the Grumpkins had stolen her real sister. And uh, Catelyn had laughed and said no, Arya was her trueborn sister. And Sansa couldn't think that um, their mother would lie about it, so she supposed it was true. When Sansa gets to the wheelhouse, there's a lot of people talking outside it. They sound excited. And um, she heard the queen saying, the council does us great honor, my good lords. And Sansa asks the squire what is happening. And the squire answers that the council sent riders from King's Landing to escort us the rest of the way as an honor guard for the king. She gets closer and um, she's letting her wolf clear a path to the crowd because people are moving aside because there's a literal wolf coming through. And she sees two knights that kneeling before the queen in really pretty armor. One of them has white armor of enameled scales and The other one, and when he takes his uh, helmet off, she sees that he's an old man with white hair, but he still looks uh, strong and graceful, and he has a the pure white cloak of the King's Guard. A little bit about the King's Guard: there are seven knights that are meant as like personal bodyguards for the king, and. They're at least originally meant to be really elite warriors, and they have similar rules to the Night's Watch as far as um, holding lands and titles other than the knighthood and um, not taking a wife or fathering children. Uh, in some ways, as you'll like later see, they've kind of come down some as far as having um, just the best of warriors in this um, King's Guard. But this guy is actually very good, despite um, him being older. And the other knight that is kneeling before the queen had armor of deep forest green and Sansa thinks he's the handsomest man that she's ever seen. And he's got jet black hair and laughing green eyes to match his armor. And under one arm he's got an antlered helm with a magnificent rack shimmering in gold. 
Um, and there's a third stranger. And his face is pockmarked and beardless. And he's gaunt and grim and has deep set eyes and hollow cheeks. And he's not old, but he only has a bit of hair left sprouting above his ears and it's grown really long and he has iron grade chainmail over layers of boiled leather plain and unadorned and a two handed great sword and this third knight is looking at Sansa and her wolf growls and she actually starts to feel really terrified of him for some reason. I'm not going to spoiler anything right now, but if the dire wolf doesn't like somebody, it's, it's generally a good reason why the wolf senses something significantly bad about the person, even if they aren't themselves bad, they're bad news for either the person is bad or they, they're they somehow bringing something bad onto the Starks later. There's a little bit of a spoiler, I guess, but... And uh, Sansa steps back and she feels hands grab her shoulders and... She turns and she looks into the burdened face of Sandor Clegane and uh, he smiles and it looks creepy to her and says, you're a shaking girl with his rasping voice. Do I frighten you so much? And uh, she was frightened of him and His face was very messed up from the burns. But she still did not find him as scary looking as um, the other guy that she'd just, you know, been looking at and the wolf had growled at. And the hound starts laughing. Lady gets in between them and um, continues to growl a bit more. And yeah, other people are gathered around and staring. And she can feel them staring. And some of them are making little titters of laughter. And one person comments that it's a wolf, and someone else says, Seven Hells, that's a dire wolf. And the first man asks what it's doing in camp, and the hound replies that the Starks use them for wet nurses. At this point, the two other knights are staring at her and Lady, and they have their swords in their hands.
and Sansa starting to feel frightened and ashamed. And the queen tells Joffrey to go to her. And Joffrey's there. He tells the hound to leave her alone. And and tells everyone to leave it leave her alone. And the wolf is just her little pet. That's all. Um, tells the hound, you dog, away with you. You're scaring my betrothed. And the hound, you know, bows and leaves. Sansa's feeling like a fool and, um, thinking that, you know, she's a stark noble lady and she's going to be a queen someday and shouldn't be showing uh, discomfort like this. And... She tells Joffrey that it wasn't the hound that she was afraid of, it was the other one, and uh, Joffrey, sorry, not Joffrey, the knight in the queen armor chuckles and is like, pain? And the older knight in all white says that oft times uh, Sir Ellen frightens him as well, and he has a fearsome aspect. In which the queen says he should because, you know, the the wicked should fear the king's justice. If they don't, you have the wrong man in the office. So, yeah. That's uh, Sir Ellen Payne, the king's executioner. And I'd say that uh, Santa has pretty decent reason to feel creeped out by him. But Sansa says the the courteous thing, then surely you have chosen the right one, your grace. And they're all laughing at that. And the older knight in the white armor, he introduces himself as Sir Barristan Selmy of the King's Guard. And Sansa does recognize that name, that he is the Lord Commander of the King's Guard and a counselor to King Robert and Aerys Targaryen before Robert was king. And um, even in the North, you know, the singers sing about. Barristan the Bold. And the knight in Queens is Barristan the Old, you mean. And don't flatter him too sweetly, child. He thinks over much of himself already. And asks if she can uh, say what his name is, too. And if she can, then she must truly be their hand's uh, daughter. And going by the golden antlers on his helm, the with the with the stag being the sigil of the royal house. And King Robert has two brothers, and uh, she puts it as by your extreme youth, you can only be Renly Baratheon, Lord of Storms, End, and counselor to the king, and so I name you. 
And uh, Sir Barristan says, by his extreme youth, he can only be a prancing jackanapes, and so I name him. Yeah, you might remember from the beginning of the chapter, um, talking about uh, Robert's armor with the stag's helm, with the stag antlers on the helmet. I thought you might make a connection, and uh, so that that is his uh, youngest brother of Robert. And uh, Sansa is continuing to feel very creeped out by Sir Ilan the Executioner. And he's just silent and staring with his pale, colorless eyes. And Sansa asks Joffrey if she said something wrong and why will he not speak to her. And Renly answers for him and says that Sir Ellen has not been feeling talkative these past 14 years. Because Ares Targaryen had his tongue ripped out with hot pinchers. Yeah, that sounds awful. Uh... Hey, Bill. I just got to the part about um, how Sir Ellen lost his tongue. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it's just we. I've been wrangling Nim in the background because Nim's been very hyper today. Yeah, I hope um, you don't mind that uh, Bill was uh, away for a bit. Our uh, cat was at the vet yesterday, and he was just, you know, seeing to it. Um, or Nim, Edison. Because Nim was being... Nim's being hyper. Nim is being... Hey, Nim, you want a piece of cheese? Piece of cheese, Nim. Piece of cheese is for good pups. Exactly. Anyway, so what part are we on? Now, you do uh, remember how I compared Nim to Nymeria the Direwolf, similar personalities. Yeah, that's pretty true. So, um, as it turns out, this uh, little uh, tea party in the wheelhouse has been cancelled. Um, but Joffrey is going to take Sansa riding. So I came back just in time for that. Yes. And Sansa says, oh, I love riding. See how quick she changes her mind about riding as soon as Joffrey offers it. Yeah, and Joffrey has other plans. Yeah, yeah, we can roast Joffrey a bit. 
And Joffrey has Lady the Direwolf stay behind too because the wolf is liable to frighten the horses. And his quote-unquote dog, meaning the hound, is liable to frighten her. So let's leave them both behind and set off on our own. Which is a very bad idea given where they are. It's a bad idea given where they are. And I would say it's a pretty thinly veiled... uh, Joffrey wants to be free of any supervision or consequences for whatever his actions are going to be on this ride. Yeah. So no wolf that might attack, no uh, hounds that might stop him or tell on him to his mama, you know. uh, Yeah, but there's problems about this, because one of the things he wants to do is... Well... He wants to hunt, right? Not hunt, but among <clears throat> among other things, he rides his horse with reckless abandon and expects Sansa to keep Don't up. Don't go looking for the thing. <clears throat> they track a shadow cat to its lair, yeah. and we talked about shadow cats in our uh, episode about fauna too. But a bit of a refresher on it: this is a large, big cat. Think, from my understanding, more dangerous than a mountain lion, but less than a tiger. Um, but that's still a very large cat, and they don't tend to attack a group of people that are armed. But this is a couple of kids, one of whom has a sword and probably like barely like knows how to use it against any serious threat. So this is a very dangerous, very foolhardy thing they're doing. You know, what if the shadow cat had been there? What if it had been hungry? Well, this uh series would have gone very differently. That's uh, what I've got to say about that. So yes, they're off on this adventure. I was just going on about how dumb it was that they were going looking for that shadow cat. Uh, just how did you describe a shadow cat? Oh, I was just going on that it was, from my understanding, bigger than a cougar or a mountain lion, smaller than a tiger. Still, you know, plenty large, dangerous cat. They don't tend to go after a group of armed people, but these are two kids, and one of them has a sword and probably does not really know how to use it against a serious foe. Um, and, but how? But you would describe them as how big? Uh, larger than Cougar. So like a jaguar. Maybe about that. A good-sized jaguar. Mind you, jaguars can get pretty big. They can get bigger than a leopard. They tend to scavenge on things that are already dead, too, but they will attack people if, you know, you're alone like that. Jaguars and cougars don't do that. They both have, uh... They both have, uh, a significant amount of, uh, variety in their diet. They will eat almost anything living or dead that they can overpower. 
And Joffrey finds a hold vest and tells them to bring food and wine because he's prince. Of course, they have to. So they dine on fresh trout and Sansa drinks more wine than she'd ever drunk before. And she says that her father only let her have one cup and only at feasts. And Joffrey keeps, you know, refills her cup and says, my betrothed can drink as much as she wants. And once again, I don't think Joffrey's motivations here are truly generous. I think he's for whatever bad purposes of his own trying to get her drunk. Yep. And um, Joffrey says that there's the battleground up ahead where the river bends, and that's where his father killed Rhaegar Targaryen, smashed in the chest, crunched right through the armor... You think Joffrey's pretty into that? Uh, yeah, he is. And then his uncle, Jamie killed old Ares, and now his father is king. And these are, you know, just history facts, but I think uh, Joffrey's uh, enjoying some death here. Of course he is. Because he's Joffrey. He's Joffrey. He loves that stuff. And uh, he hears a sound... Uh, Snack, 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 wooden clattering, and she doesn't know what it is, but it makes her nervous, and she says, Joffrey, let's go back. Oh, that made her nervous, but the shadow cat tracking didn't? Yeah, I don't know. People don't have a sense of danger. I have a feeling that the reason it made her nervous is I'm thinking she made a correct guess about what it was. Yep, it was. Well... They get closer to it, and um, Sansa's wishing her wolf was with her. And Joffrey's, and you're safe with me, and pulls out his sword, Lion's Tooth. And when they ride through the the stand of trees, there's a boy and a girl playing at night, and their swords were wooden sticks, um, looked like broom handles, and they were swinging at each other. The boy was older and taller and stronger. And the girl was a scrawny thing in soiled leathers and was dodging and managing to get a stick in the way most of the time. And, you know, that she's doing well, you know, stick fighting with this older boy. Joffrey laughs and... The boy looks around and is startled and dropped his stick. And Sansa realizes that the girl is Arya. And Arya tells her to go away. And she's got tears of anger in her eyes. Leave us alone. And uh, Joffrey realizes that's Sansa's sister. And asks the boy who he is. And the boy... um, Gives his name Micah and recognizes that this is the prince and he looks away and says, my lord. And Sansa says, he's the butcher's boy. And Arya says, that's her friend, leave him alone. And uh, Joffrey sees somebody to have some fun against and Joffrey fun is not good fun as you, as anybody following this podcast already knows and the butcher boy who wants to be a knight, pick up your sword, butcher's boy. Let's see how good you are. Go on, pick it up. Do you only fight little girls? And Micah says she asked him to. And 
And uh, Joffrey keeps on, you're going to pick up your sword? It's only a stick, my lord. It's got no sword. It's only a stick. And you're only a butcher's boy and no knight. And leads the point of his real sword against Micah's cheek. Till And says, that's my lady's sister you were hitting. Do you know that? And he, he's pointing the sword hard enough that there's actually a bit of blood underneath it. And once again... Nam, there's nothing to bark at. I don't think that Joffrey is saying this out of any sense of chivalry. He's just... You know, using... Their, uh... Status as nobles to... Bully Micah. And Arya is screaming for him to stop it. And she picks up her stick. And Sansa is afraid. And says tells Arya to stay out of it. Which Joffrey says. I won't hurt him much. And Arya just goes for him. And... Sansa gets off her horse. But not fast enough. And Arya... Um, whacks Joffrey across the head with her stick so hard that the wood splits. And Joffrey is staggers and he's spinning around and cursing and Micah ran off as fast as he could. Noria's continuing to hit Joffrey and Joffrey catches the um, blow this time with his sword and sends her stick flying. And Sansa is yelling for both of them to stop it and that they're spoiling it. And Arya picks up a rock to throw it at Joffrey, but the rock hits his horse instead and the horse um, runs away too. Sansa is continuing to tell them to stop. And Joffrey is slashing at Arya with the sword. Um, screaming, quote-unquote, obscenities, terrible words, filthy words. Um, and Arya darts away from him, frightened now, because of course, you know, she doesn't have a sword, and Joffrey does. And Joffrey is chasing her with it. And then Nymeria the wolf runs past her, jumps onto Joffrey, and bites onto his sword arm, and the sword falls from his hands, and the wolf is continuing to bite at his arm, and Joffrey, at this point, he's just screaming for the, to get the wolf off. Now that Joffrey even still has an arm at that point, these dire wolves are, remember, still partially grown pups. So I would imagine they would be about the size of a large dog. Which uh, would still be pretty painful to be bitten by, but... Um, 
if you remember in the last chapter, um, Brown's Wolf killed a man. But still, I think if these were full-grown direwolves, Joffrey would not have a still usable arm after this, if he still had an arm at all. But he gets really fairly minor injuries from this, I'd say. And at this point, uh, Arya calls off her wolf, and the wolf lets go and goes back to her. And he's bleeding all over his shirt, and Arya says she didn't hurt you much. Picks up Lion's Tooth, the sword, and stands over him with it. And Joffrey's all whimpering, no, don't hurt me, I'll tell my mother. Sansa screams at Arya to leave Joffrey alone. And Arya whirls and heaves the sword into the air and sword goes flying and lands in the river, vanishes. Oh, so now Joffrey doesn't have a sword now. No big loss, right? And Arya runs off off to her horse with the wolf going with her and Sansa is with the injured Joffrey and says oh look what they did look what they did my poor prince don't be afraid I'll ride to the hold fast and bring help for you and reaches to um, brush back his hair and yeah I think Joffrey uh, is still in too much rage and probably feels insulted by Sansa caring about him and looks at her with total contempt and tells her to go and don't touch him. So that's the end of this chapter. Um... Joffrey is the obnoxious little brat we all know, and no surprises there. Uh, Sansa just wants her uh, date with her betrothed to go okay and doesn't see him for what he really is yet. There will be repercussions for this fight by the side of the river with the kids and the wolf. Um, the swamplands of the Neck are awesome and full of beautiful nature and you know, Sansa doesn't appreciate it. And uh, that that's okay, I guess, but I'd love to hike there. And uh, the next chapter is going to be an Eddard chapter, and I'm not going to d talk about the illustration on it right now because that would be a genuine spoiler.
Thank you for listening to Cast It Into The Fire podcast, and good night.